If you're looking to improving your home and sometimes you're wondering what to add, you should have a crucifix, miraculous medal, at least a Bible, St. Benedict medals, a statue of Mary. What do we add in our home? Do we have any of those in our homes? If you don't have any of those things, don't worry. Don't miss our next episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. This episode is dedicated to 10 things you should have at a Catholic home. to this new episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. And today we have a topic that is interesting for North America because we all want to improve our homes, right? And we have, uh, we're not being sponsored by, but we have Home Sense, we have Home Depot, we have all kinds of things that we could do better in our home. And sometimes there are some details that we should improve for the spiritual and also for the practical a way we run our house. So today is a little bit of practical advice. I have the joy to be here with Father Arthur. Salve Maria, Father Arthur, Salve Brother Maria. Justin, Salve Maria as well. And in this new program, so we wanted to ask, Father, what we can give, what kind of uh, practical advice we can give to the people that have the, the, you know, the opportunity, but also the, the patience to listen to us. What can we suggest to improve home and to improve everything that is there, from the spiritual point of view, no? We are very pleased to give you some advice today. We have chosen 10 items. Of course, there are much more if you want. But uh, first of all, it is extremely important to understand how much the home represents. What, what does the home of somebody represent? It doesn't need to be rich or poor, etc. But the home is a place, is a physical place in which... You leave. Sometimes and it doesn't feel right. No, yeah. People say, you know, maybe Father can come and bless the house or whatever. Yeah, but it's, it's sometimes beyond that, no? It is uh, an image of your eternal home. The home on earth should be a kind of introduction to what your home uh, in heaven should be or is going to be. And that the Lord Jesus Christ said that he was going to do a home for each one of you for each one of us. So we know that we have a home in eternity. Done by whom? By the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We are homebound. <laughs> then that we are, sense, exactly. Yeah? So we, we are never homeless. <laughs> we're never. You can lose your house on earth, but that house that you have, that the Lord Jesus Christ prepared for you in heaven, is there. So our house on earth has to be already something that, uh, that prepares us for our house in heaven. Therefore, we need to make it as better as possible. It's not a matter of, uh, of making it rich, um, or making you know, something fancy, etc. It's, uh, it's something, a, a house is something that has to remind you of the essentials, has to help you to live the life as God wants you to live. One thing that's interesting is that in all the ancient peoples, um, the ones became civilized. The house or the home is around the hearth. Exactly. It's around the fire. And what was the fire used for? The fire was used for cooking. So that was where the family gathered. In the Anglo-Saxon world, it was the hall, was the great hall. Again, where people gathered. But not just the small nuclear family, but also the larger 
groupings of families, the extension of the family. During the days after Christmas, they would gather and they would celebrate in the hall, this great hall where they would eat and gather. So the hearth is very important. It doesn't have to be ostentatious. No. But it has to be something which unites. Absolutely. So the the house is a place uh, actually where you are nourished, hmm? where you are protected, and above all, where you are loved. Yeah. House has to be uh, a place of love. And uh, as uh, St. John Paul II said, that the um, the house is your second church it has is a domestic church is a is a church that you have in your house therefore there are many things that you should have in your house and this is what we want to to talk about today a lot of people's failings with their understanding of god have to do with that very point was that the domestic church had failed so their idea the ideal of god a reflection of god has in a sense been twisted or turned or failed and they reflect that on God who is eternal, but it was their home that failed, Absolutely. which is very sad. So today we're going to go into heavy home improvements, but again, you don't have to go to Home Depot, you don't have to spend much money, yet you have to tweak some details to make your home really beautiful, but at the same time very spiritual, and bring us, as Father says, straight to heaven. So, first thing, Father, what do we have in the, in the list there? Well, obviously, a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Crucifix is a uh, an object. Then can be wood, can be can be um, lead, can be anything. Hmm? It's the object that will remind you of the central of the history of salvation, which is our Lord Jesus Christ dying for you. So, the crucifix that you have in your house should remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ died for your family. He died for you. And he, he is going to protect you. He loves you in, in, a, in an infinite way. So, the, uh, unfortunately, some people think that uh, God has told us in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that we shouldn't have images. That uh, it's a sin. And, uh, and they, normally they, they quote uh, Exodus chapter 20, in which our Lord Jesus, uh, God says to, uh, uh, to Moses not to have idols that you adore, not make idols for yourself and adore them. So it is not so much the fact that you, you shouldn't have uh, um, an image. It is, above all, the fact that you shouldn't adore them because uh, in those times people had idols. They will make idols of material things and they will adore them as if they were God. That was, uh, was condemned, of course, uh, by, by God at that time and and always in the church condemned this uh, forever but in the ancient world the tendency was exactly not to adore all kinds of of gods and that was the problem of the time but exactly. to move it to nowadays is a little bit stretched no we've changed we changed a lot in many different ways of course completely but if you look at the context which you're using here with that quote the context of the quote is very important when you take it out of context exactly. then you have all your issues yeah. right it, it's Take, read the paragraph. It's much clearer. But if you only take out one line, um, I, quote, I quote Shakespeare, the devil will quote scripture to his own purpose. So we're very much in that scenario. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is on, on, on cha- chapter 20. But actually, five chapters later, on, on 25, the same God tells um, Moses that he should make cherubs. 
in order to adorn the um, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the most sacred object. No, that, idolatry. Uh, yes, and you have to. But the Jewish people would adore the Ark of the Covenant as the, same, as the element of God that they could reach out to. So yes. they would, by inference, they would be adoring those angels because they're on top, right? Exactly. So they're God was top. directing them to commit sin. Of course not. Mm. <laughs> but that's the logic in which they go in. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's, if you follow the logic that is being proposed, it's insane. It doesn't make sense. Of course, it meant that the angels were at the service of God because they were serving the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God among them. Among them. They didn't have a temple yet. Hmm? So exactly. it, it was something that, that uh, still was going to happen. But uh, in the beginning... Of, um, of the Bible, in the first book, we have that God will make an image mm -hmm. and will make us in his image. So the first one who does images of himself is God himself. So, in which the Psalms say he makes us divine. Exactly. And then he's going to make the image, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Which is the perfect image. Perfect image. And also we're talking so, about putting something really in the center, no? Because, I mean, most of houses, maybe, you know, people took away the cross and put the white screen, no? That's another altar. That's another altar. That's another God. You should, <laughs> adore, you should adore those images. But that's actually the topic of another, another podcast. But, <laughs> but to have the crucifix in, a, in an important place in your house is extremely important. Uh, when people come to your home and they will see immediately, ah, these people, you know, they, they love our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is here in this house. But also there is a little bit of a problem, no? that sometimes you go to homes and they really take this seriously. So you have <laughs> a cross, a second cross, a third cross. Then we have uh, the our lady, our lady in, in several, several versions all lined up in the same place. So it ends up being a corner, a corner like a mountain. Corner. No? It, it, or, 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 or what? <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, without offending anyone, no aesthetics and everything else, but actually, could you give some guidance, you know, to say, because maybe we can distribute them across a house, no? So of every course. room has a monarchic point, no? Has a point that, of order in which you go in and then you see Our Lady and then you see the cross, then you see, and reminds us, no, of the spirituality we should have. No? God created the world in harmony and in a beautiful way. Respecting, I mean, respecting or creating uh, laws of art and of uh, good taste, etc. We should decorate our house also according to those rules, and we should decorate our house uh, with a sense of beauty. It doesn't make too much sense to have one statue on top of the other and everything hanging from, uh, you know, from from the walls. And, all. and so, it would be nice uh, to have, of course, let's say, a crucifix with maybe a statue of Our Lady and another one of Saint, Saint John. Uh, who were both who were at the, at the foot of the cross, or to have Saint Joseph, etc. But then put them in an other places of your house. You can put them in a corridor. You can put them in a nice corner. You can put them in the rooms. The children they should have uh, religious um, things in their um, in their rooms, like uh, uh, something regarding the guardian angel. They, they need to know that they have a guardian angel, but they need to see it because we're humans. We cannot just have a, an idea in theory. We need to see it with our eyes. So if they have a little statue of the guardian angel next to their bed, it's something beautiful. But with the aesthetic, you can also have um, you know, pictures, posters of, of flowers, of other things. It doesn't only have to be of a religious motif. Of course. 
of course. Because it can get a little monotonous. Well, talking about that, can we have an altar at home? <laughs> yes, yes. It's, um, it's, it's not a consecrated altar, but uh, as your house, in a certain sense, is a church, it's your domestic church, it's nice to have a little altar. An altar means that you're offering something to God. The, 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 uh, the, the purpose of the altar is to offer things to God. And, and actually, when we offer something to God, we are only giving back to Him, but it's already His. So we're just acknowledging that, that, acknowledging that everything belongs to Him, and we are giving it back to Him. So, yes, altars, of course. Um, a prayer saints, room would do that. Prayer room. Know many families have that. A yeah, prayer, prayer room. room. Just I know that certain cultures, they have a very beautiful tradition in which um, at their wedding, they have a procession in which they bring up a cross, mm -hmm. which is presented to the, to the couple to be a symbol of what their life exactly. going forward is. Exactly. And also an image of the Sacred Heart. So they consecrate at their wedding their family, their future family, to the Sacred Heart. They have an altar to the Sacred Heart in their home, future home, at this point future, and that crucifix. And what I found interesting was in one wedding I went to, they actually had uh, a cross that was, that was in parts. So when it was brought up, the, the, the future, at this point they weren't married yet, mm -hmm. They, they assembled the cross. They put the cross <laughs> together, together, then it was blessed, and that would become their cross going forward. So the image of salvation is very central to that family. You might say that family starting off that journey on the right foot, but that's something, these pious traditions, which are very important um, going from generation to generation. And surely the divorce uh, race, the rates uh, go down, no? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> that, uh, exactly. When the cross in suffering is a key component, they don't have irreconcilable differences. They reconcile them. Absolutely. So you have to organize your life uh, according to the, the center of your life, which has to be our Lord Jesus Christ. And this has to be reflected in, in, your, in your home, in your walls. So we have images, Father. We have a prayer place. And then what else? A statue of Mary also is very important. Mm -hmm. There are many, many invocations of Mary. Uh, we have one here at the studio, Our Lady of Fatima, but there are many invocations, beautiful ones, and you can get a beautiful statue to put uh, in a nice uh, uh, place, in a, in a nice corner of your house, or ideally also uh, in your living room, in your main room, but then also you can have uh, something in your in your dining room, like a scene of the of, of the of the Last Supper of Lord Jesus Christ, which is something very common. And, uh, but many other things uh, that you can have. And um, also uh, very, very important in the rooms. In the room so at this point, we, we can ask the ones that are watching now the podcast to go to the commentaries, right? Yeah. And right there, what's your preferred place at home and why you would like to decorate it better, more spiritually maybe. So share with us that part. Go to the comments right there. And this is important that, uh, that everybody you know, gets ideas as well. If you have a garden, you can put something in your garden. A little oh, yeah. statue of Mary. In you know, garden. an image outside mm -hmm. in your front garden mm -hmm. does an amazing amount of evangelization. When you're driving through a community and you see someone who has Our Lady of Graces in their front yard, so it's missing. a way of showing their love and devotion to the Mother of God. Absolutely. And people, I've seen people walk by um, in front of a statue, those of faith, and say a quick prayer in front of the image of Our Lady as they walk by. Again, you're becoming a vehicle of grace for other people. Exactly. 
And it puts the devil to flight. Hmm? That's obvious. Because uh, when the devil sees that the house is, you know, oh. Catherine's house, he will run away. He, 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 will, he won't bother you. He won't bother your family, etc. Because uh, all these statues, uh, they, have, they, they bring a blessing. They can be blessed by a priest. And uh, it's a blessing that will stay at your house. Your house will be blessed. Very well. So we, um, we have some objects that uh, help us to pray. Right. The most uh, known object um, for prayer is the rosary. The rosary is an extremely old uh, prayer in the, in the church that has developed in, in many ways. Till uh, Our Lady told St. Dominic how the rosary should be prayed. This is how we pray it today. But it was already prayed before that. Oh, yes. And uh, the rosary is uh, a way of remembering the life of our Lord Jesus Christ through the mysteries and uh, uh, doing the, uh, the prayer to, to our Lord because the, the, the rosary is to our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why the rosary has, at its um, beginning, it has a crucifix. Because the whole rosary um, um, develops um, as a, having as a starting point the crucifix of, of the of the rosary. So we uh, we we have many things to to ask, and one of the best ways uh, to ask is praying the rosary. The rosary also has a tremendous influence in your uh, in your state of spirit that uh, it brings you closer to our Lord Jesus Christ, closer to, to Mary, closer to the, to, the, to the saints. So it's one of the most recommended prayers in, in the church. And also praying together with the family, praying together with the children, no? Exactly. I mean, people who have abandoned the faith, but all of a sudden they come back, they remember, you know what, because I started to recall how when I was small, my mom or, you know, my grandmother or the whole family used to put the rosary together. And that's the kind of devotions that uh, sustain people later on in life. No? They will never forget. They will never forget that when they were children, they will pray the rosary with their parents. Something extremely important. Very, 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 very. And also, also, I don't know if you allow me, Father, but some people have it hanging on the wall, which is beautiful but sometimes it tends to stay on the wall, no? Exactly. <laughs> or, or we put it in the car. We put it in the car, nice, but... <laughs> but it, it never, never leaves there, no? <laughs> So, yeah, I think we should also you know, stress the point that yeah. we need to have the Holy Rosary and pray. People have it in their car, and when they have problems, they give, they give a little kiss. Yes. But it's meant to be prayed. A worn-out rosary is a good rosary. Absolutely. Very good. So if your car needs a rosary, you much more. Hmm? You much more. <laughs> your car has one, you have one in your pocket. <laughs> Every Catholic home should have a Bible. Because the Bible is the Word of God. And the Word of God is God himself. It's our Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And the only way that you can have, or one of the best ways that you can have the Word of God with you is having, having a Bible, a written Bible. And it should be in your house. You have, you have to put it. You have to have at least one Bible in a in a, a dignified place to have a nice Bible. Now this is important, Father. Um, could you clarify which one is the Catholic Bible? Because you know some people receive this phenomenal King oh, James yes. Bible or this phenomenal whatever Bible, and you know it's a gift that somebody gives to us. But we should check, no? You because should check. You should have a, a Bible that has the imprimatur. The imprimatur means that the authority of the Catholic Church has approved the text as being faithful to the original. And uh, the imprimatur is generally on the, on the, on the first page uh, or the second page of the, of the book. 
And uh, we recommend this uh, new revised standard uh, version, the Catholic edition of the Bible, that um, that is uh, easy to understand and and uh, and very very clear, and it has some nice uh, explanations also, uh, commentaries. If you notice in the program here, we use also the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, very very interesting, and it's a revised standard version, Catholic edition. That's also recommended here. The Catholic edition has all the books. Exactly, all the books. If you have a Protestant one, they tend to be a little bit more cute because they're thinner, but that's because they're missing parts. Precisely. And it's not like exactly <laughs> the translation, it's not exactly uh, what no. we think is, uh, is the original. Things so. are missing, things are added. Exactly. So. so you can have a nice Bible to put it in, uh, in a, in a uh, little display. table, you know, display, and then you can have other Bibles for consultation, for reading, etc. But of course, the um, to understand the Bible is not something easy. No, it's not a book that you can, as a novel, that you can uh, open and start uh, reading and understanding everything that is there. So you need to have first uh, commentaries. You need to attend a Bible course or something that will explain you what the Bible is all about. Then, when you get the general picture, then yes, you can go and uh, and read some part of it and and take a lot of. Uh, um, uh, a profit of that spiritual reading. So it's important also that once a day or something, we you know when we pray the rosary, we gather the family, read a little bit, no, because that's also very very important. Sometimes you have these elegant, beautiful Bibles, but you realize that this is never touched, no, and and it would be very very enriching to go on and and read and 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 make the Bible something very common no? at home. It's very sad when you meet Catholics who are illiterate concerning Holy Scripture. Yes. They don't know anything. And unfortunately, what happens is, is that they encounter the evangelical. And the evangelical schools them really quickly because the Catholic has no idea what they're doing. And it's really sad. It's sort of like you live in a, in a rich home where mm -hmm. you have everything and you take advantage of nothing. And then someone mm -hmm. who has very little, who takes advantage of the little they have, makes the other one look like a fool. Of course, exactly. Mm -hmm. We have sacred scripture, we have the liturgy, which is filled with, with the very living elements of Holy Scripture, and uh, we don't take advantage. Yeah, the Mass is the scripture put it into practice, into exactly. liturgy. So, so you cannot understand the Mass if you don't understand the Bible, and vice versa. No? Father, we have some also a couple of elements that you had mentioned be, out of, out of, before we, we started the program about the sacramentals, no? And I don't know. That is maybe probably the, the next topic yeah. you know, we should recommend. Sacramentals, um, a lot of Catholics have a problem. They don't understand what they are. Uh, sacrament, sacramental sound about the same. So let's just go to the Catechism of the Catholic mm -hmm. Church. Um, there they make a very good explanation about what it is. So first point is, what is a sacramental? A sacramental is a sacred sign resembling a sacrament, an instituted as a rule, by the church. Mm -hmm. A sacrament is instituted by Christ himself. Yes. The sacramental is instituted by the church. Um, what are the effects of the sacramentals? This is really important for us to remember. The, the two effects of the sacramental are, one, to dispose men to receiving grace, especially through the sacraments. So it prepares us for the sacraments, and number two is to render holy various occasions of life, right? And the highest of all the sacramentals is blessings. 
This is something that people don't realize. It's a road towards the sacrament. It prepares us for the sacrament. What are the effects signified by the sacramentals? The effects are done through the intercession of the church. So they're not separate from the church. And this safeguards against one objection that could be out there, which is superstition. It's always, it's always towards the church and always towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Never, never diverting outside of it. And that's the importance of a church as such, no? because you kind of say, oh, I am a spiritual person, I don't need the church. <laughs> I'm no? religious, I'm I'm religious. Religious, not religious, religious, not spiritual. <laughs> One of the two, <laughs> whatever. So you need the authority of a church, you need intervention no? of, 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 of grace, you need all those things that come specifically no? by the authority of the church, and that's so central eh? in all of this. Uh, of course, if... Um if you know that you're going to find something that you're looking in such a place, then go to that place. Yes. And, and don't, don't look uh, somewhere it's a sure, else. It's a sure place. It's a sure place. So uh, the church is there to distribute the, the life of God, the grace of God to, uh, to the people. So we have the sacraments, which uh, it's a, an official way of receiving the, the grace of God. And then we have the sacramentals, which is another way uh, to receive also uh, the the, uh, the blessing and the, the life of of, uh, of God uh, in a lesser way, but in a very important way also. So so one of the um, the, the most important ones is as you mentioned the the blessings. So you can ask a blessing to a priest, but also the parents they can bless the children. No, oh, and every time okay. that they they uh, they do that, that's a sacramental, and uh, and our Lord Jesus Christ listens to that. Uh, so when when uh, a priest blesses. Is our Lord Jesus Christ Himself who is blessing? When uh, uh, a parent blesses the children, they are asking God to bless. Uh, may I, God bless. Exactly. May God bless you. Now, sacramentals come in in, in kind of two kinds. No, in general, no, it's for the personal protection and also for the protection of your home. Of the home. So, you yeah. would like to start recommending which one? No. Okay. Let, let's let's go for the for the uh, for the home. No. The home. Uh, the the home. Of course, um, the uh, holy water is for both, actually. But you can also ask a priest to come to your home and bless your house. And this is something that you can do once a year. It's something that, that is an event in your family. And then also it's very, very good for the children. They see that the priest comes to your house and he blesses the house and he stays with you, maybe has a meal, etc. That's a blessing for the house. So uh, also you can uh, have salt. Salt is another mean that has been chosen for the church to be a channel of, uh, of uh, a blessing. And you can even uh, use the salt and put it in the house, or you can even cook with that salt that has been blessed, which obviously is going to have a very good effect on your meal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, in, uh, in one, of the, one of the brothers of the Heralds of the Gospel was telling me you know, that uh, there was this lady that had serious issues cooking, she you know, was not her forte, the best you know, cook ever. And then the husband was always complaining about her food. <laughs> and the guess what? No, she decided to start using uh, blessed salt eh, while she was cooking. And guess what? All of a sudden, all kinds of compliments started to arrive. No? And what was it? Well, there you go. You're using blessed salt. You know, and also yeah. improves your spiritual, exactly. of spiritual side. And also, eh? oh, wonderful. Then something that was already used also in the Old Testament was the oil. Hmm? 
that's the word anointing comes uh, from. I mean, in, it's a it's a, the communication of uh, of a blessing through the oil, the anoint, the anointed. In um, in Hebrew, the Messiah, uh, the the one who is anointed. So or in you, Greek, Christ. Or, or Christ, it's the same meaning. So you can um, you can uh, put uh, with um, blessed oil a cross on the doors and the windows of your house that will protect your house against the devil. Very good. And then also candles, blessed candles. It's um, a candle is something that represents a prayer. The, the, the candle is kind of offering itself, you know, to us to, uh, for God for something. Of course, the candle doesn't think, but <laughs> the, it's uh, something that you can use uh, a candle in order to make a prayer. In the moments in which you cannot pray, the candle will still be praying for you. A continuation of your prayer, the candle it represents uh, in, in the eyes of God that you are praying to Him, you know. Um, and asking him something that you, that you want to ask. In moments of danger, no, you can also light a candle. In moments of uh, also, stress, right. in moments exactly. of uh, confusion, no, you always can light a candle. In most churches, you have an area where you, in front of your favorite saint, you can light a candle, asking as a prayer, as an intercessory prayer, asking for the assistance of that saint. Very well. And now, for the protection of the person, you can have, for example, medals. There are many medals or many saints. The most famous medal is a medal of Mary called the Miraculous Medal that was given by Mary to St. Catherine Labouré in 1830 in France, in Paris. She was a religious, uh, very, very young. She, she was uh, a member of the, the Sisters of Charity. And Mary appears to her and she explains her how the medal should be. And then she will tell the priest, was Father Aladel at the time, uh, how the medal should be. And uh, uh, then the priest went to see the, the bishop of Paris, but he couldn't, he wasn't allowed to tell who was the sister who has, <laughs> who has uh, had this apparition of Mary. Uh, he was forbidden to, to, to tell him. So the bishop uh, was a little bit, uh, you know, uncertain if he was Hesitant. going to go ahead or not. But finally, they convinced him to do a thousand medals according to the description that uh, Catherine Labouré had, had given. And these medals uh, uh, do so many miracles that from being the medal of the Immaculate Conception, it became to be known as the Miraculous Medal of Mary because of the miracles that the medal was doing. And since then, it's the most popular uh, medal that is known all over the world. This is something that, that you can have. You can have it in your rosary, you can have it in your wallet, you can have it in your car, you can have it in many, your neck, many places. No, too. On your neck, etc. So a uh, medal is something that, that you can have. Then there is another medal that, that has a, is very powerful. It's the medal of St. Benedict. Oof. And you have the cross of St. Benedict and uh, there is a special uh, blessing of this uh, medal that you can, you can have. Uh, and, of course, this is personal. I mean, person. this is only for the person. The brown scapular. The brown scapular of Lady Mont Carmel. This can only be worn by a person, by a, by a baptized person. And uh, it was given by Mary to St. Simon Stock on the 16th of July, 1251. Mary appears to uh, St. Simon Stock in Ellsford, in Kent, in, 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 uh, in the UK. And uh, and Mary, uh, he was the head of the Carmelites, and, and Mary will s say to him that um, she wants to give him a sign of her protection. 
because St. Simon was very much afraid that the Carmel was going to disappear, people were not accepting them, etc. So he wanted a sign of Mary protection. And uh, Mary promised that um, whoever wears the scapular in a dignifying way and whoever dies with the scapular will not die in mortal sin. This is one of the greatest promises in history of mankind for our salvation because it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a promise that you're going to be saved in word of scapular. So this is something that we recommend enormously. The heralds, we have the scapular on our habit, but you can have the small version of the scapular, which is, for example, this one that you can, you can wear around your neck. And, uh, you can ask a parish priest to impose it, no? Because it has an imposition, no? A it, little prayer. It yeah. has to be imposed by a priest uh, because uh, Our Lady... Uh, our Lady did the first imposition of the scapular on St. Simon, and then St. Simon imposed the scapular on the, on the other members of the Carmelite congregation, and then uh, little by little it went uh, all over the world. And it's uh, a very important devotion of the, um, of the brown scapular. So, okay, so we have the sacramentals for the protection of our home. To wrap up a little bit, it's holy water, blessed oil, blessed candles, blessed salt. And then for our personal protection, Father, you said, Miraculous Medals, St. Benedict Medal, um, the Scapular of, of Mount Carmel. Anything else? And a devotion from the 19th century, which is called Stop the Sacred Heart of Jesus is with Me. It happened during the, um, uh, the war, defending the, uh, the, the papal um, states that... Um, a, um, a, a a mother um, saw a, a sacred heart hmm, in a in a red cloth, you know, on his uh, shirt, and um, and he was uh, protected miraculously. He didn't die because of this. He was saved. Yeah, actually, actually, it happened. No, that he. I mean, for for those who can see it, maybe this is one. Uh, and and as as Father is saying, no, he the, the mother had kind of you know, put it. Under, under the shirt no, of, of mm -hmm. her son, had put it there. And then one of the bullets actually got stuck no, right exactly. in, the, no, in, in, in the surface of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And so it seems the Pope um, Pius IX mm -hmm. heard about the story, and then he actually transformed that into a huge devotion and a sacramental. So there we go. No, we can also wear that. Tremendous no, protection of tremendous the Sacred protection. Heart of Jesus. For those who are interested, you can also write down in the comments, and also you can order from the heralds, right? We have several of these. Uh, of course, you don't have to pay anything, or if you want, I mean, send a donation, but but you can ask, and then we can send it over the mail for those who like. Uh, it's a phenomenal source of protection. Very, Very good. good. Now, we have also some other suggestions, Father, that you had mentioned out of uh, the microphone here. What about some faith growth materials can we call them that yes at home so if we can have a corner or somewhere where we can dedicate to have resources to grow in our faith the church has always teach us that we have the obligation to grow in our faith mm -hmm. and on the knowledge of our, of our faith we cannot uh, just you know uh, um, stay completely ignorant about the the things of our faith just believe but uh, don't have an interest in knowing our faith and how to defend our faith and the beauty of our faith, which is which is uh, enormous. And of course, there is a catechism that um, that was done in order to teach the the the, um, the faithful about the most important 
topics of our faith. So there is a catechism for children, and there is a catechism for the, for adults. And we have here yeah. no, the uh, the, cat, the catechism of the Catholic Church, which is quite big. And so you have uh, a tremendous resource that we um, we have that we can uh, we can take any subject we have here. You know the uh, the explanation of the the main points of our faith. Uh, of the um, the Ten Commandments and the sacraments, uh, everything is here. Mm. So this is very well important. explained, and people can you know can read all the time and be informed because this is super important. You know, if you want to know your faith, really, Catechism of the Catholic Church, one of the pillars. Yeah? It's essential. Then other things that we can have is uh, is uh, interesting books about our faith. Mm. So of course, uh, for educational purposes. The life of the saints, it's, a, it's an open book for you to learn how you can be faithful in your life, how others have made it. So <laughs> the example of the others will, uh, will help you to, uh, to put uh, your, uh, your life you know, uh, in accordance with, uh, with the faith, which is because um, we, uh, we don't uh, only believe in God in, in theory. We have to believe with our life, with the way that we live, etc. So putting our faith into practice is a wonderful uh, way to, uh, to, to do it. And one of the best ways to do it is knowing how other people have done it. And this is the life of, uh, of the saints. Throughout the um, history of the Church, um, the aspect of writing the stories of the saints, a hegemonical uh, view of the saints, um, has been key either by letter or by tom of sorts, or word of mouth. Um, the early church saints were, were spread one to another by word of mouth and by letter. Um, and then going forward, how many saints can we go to that we see a conversion of a person based on reading the story of prior saints? Or we have saints that go looking out for other saints to write stories about their lives. Mm -hmm. We have Athanasius writing the story of Anthony of the Desert. We've got um, the story of Ignatius of, of Loyola, who was converted by reading good books. Exactly. And, and, and he makes a choice between that and the romance of the period. Mm -hmm. And when he chooses the good books, well, he turns into a different person. Mm -hmm. Imagine if he just continued with the sloppy books that he was reading already, we wouldn't have Ignatius. Mm. We'd have something else. Mm. We are a very forgettable individual of history. No, it actually moved to him to say, well, if they are saints, why I cannot become a saint? Yeah, a good example. Exactly. St. John Bosco also he wrote the, 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 um, the life of five saints that he had, you know, young, young ones. Hmm? Uh, and uh, each one different and... Uh, uh, it was extremely useful for... Um, so for John Bosco also has his sacred history books, no? Exactly. The commentary. The commentary on, on, the, yes. on the scriptures. So many, so many resources. There's, there's one book which is interesting in the English-speaking world. Um, in the late Middle Ages, um, a collection of councils were compiled in a book, and they were translated into English in the late 1400s. This would be known as The Imitation of Christ. Yes. Um, it was so popular in Catholic circles that when the Reformation happened, the good Protestants threw them all in the garbage. Catholics, on the other hand, held on desperately for them. And when they would raid a home, they would look for the imitation of Christ. Because if you had one, you were definitely Catholic. 
So it became a yeah. and in search in the in the in the English world, let's say in England, in England, Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, Wales, until today, one of the most popular First Communion gifts is to give them a copy of the uh, Imitation of Christ. That's a typical book you cannot read in one soup. You, it's you, not meant to be. You, you, no. you read a paragraph, and all of a sudden, it's like the big message of the day. Eventually, you know. Okay. You, Really what's comical about it is that it's one of the first books translated and printed in modern English. Wonderful. Hmm. Yeah. So, another one to have. Yes. And also audiovisual uh, resources too, you know, because there are so many opportunities. You have form, you have, uh, uh, I don't know, all kinds of Catholic research, but Salve Maria podcast too, right? <laughs> but but you, that you can listen eventually, you know. Build when, up when your you, faith, build yeah. up your knowledge. And helping children, helping the family, guiding the family, you know, to, 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 to see the faith as something of every day. So another uh, point is that you have to organize your family life in a, in a proper way. Your family life cannot be run, you know, just... Uh, Helter-skelter. Exactly. Yeah, because sometimes yeah. you think, okay, it's objects we have to have at home. Uh, object, but also things that you have to have at home encompass that, no? Well, the most important life. object that you have at home is yourself. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the father, the mother, the children, they're the most important object that you have. And uh, you have to organize your, your family life in a proper way, in a nice way. You have to dedicate time to them. You have to, uh, uh, to prepare things. You have to make it um, agreeable and uh, attending to holiness. This is, uh, you know, the, the, this is an extremely important uh, time uh, to point. share. And let's be careful with all those um, screens, no? Because people yeah, have their time. phone, people have the iPad, exactly. people have the TV or the, the white screen again. And then everybody's silent, nobody shares anything, and everyone is just, you know, there with their, their emails, their messages, their WhatsApp. Shouldn't be. It's, it's terrible. And then the house becomes a place in which basically people go, sleep, uh, and, and, and go, go away. Huh? It's a group of strangers. They're strangers, exactly. There's not a, 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 a family life, a life. Uh, you you know. had mentioned before, a domestic church. Exactly, it's not a church. It's not a church. It's a garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just <laughs> park the car. And <laughs> park the car, take the car out. Yeah. Sitting down at the table together. No? Because some people, you know, some people pick up a plate, go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Some other pick up a plate, and go somewhere exactly. else. Flop themselves then, in front of a television. No, yeah. and this is... Loses. They don't talk. Brother Jesse was talking about the hearth, you know, how the hearth was the center. Well, if we just have a meal, you know, all scattered around, what kind of sharing are we going to have? No? Exactly. And always the, the meal was understood as an event that it was not, not only physical, not only something that you, uh, you do in order to feed your body. You're feeling your soul. You're, you're, you're feeling uh, an idea that you want to, uh, to create. You're feeling um, uh, the heart of, of people that get together and they are nourished spiritually at the same time that they're nourished um, materially. So... Uh, it's uh, it's uh, the family life is extremely important, and the the holy family obviously is, is the model, uh, the perfect model of uh, family life. Yep, but it's also something very important. <laughs> Imagine if you have the crucifix, you got the holy water. Mm, we found all these phenomenal pictures, and then the materials that we can have, the sacramentals, and so on, and everything is dirty. Everything is falling apart. Everything is... There is the point number 10, no? The Father had put that together in the list and it's a tidy and clean house. Exactly. 
the the context uh, you know uh, the uh, you have to have a beautiful ambience you have to have cultures you have to have church you have to have tables you have to have curtains or whatever but the uh, the ensemble has to make uh, uh, the place agreeable to the, to to the body and to the soul has to be agreeable for for both so it's very very important to have the, the the house you have to clean the house you have to teach your children how to clean the house yeah because that's not just a job for mom no, no. She, she 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 cleans you know and we just is no it's and we just dirty one <laughs> this is the, this is the the, uh, the the best way to to make of your child a, a little monster tomorrow you know <laughs> if you don't teach him you know let him uh, or her do whatever they want exactly no. the other one that's that's, uh, that's uh, pathetic so order brings angels and disorder brings devils. Now, okay, can we put it that way, Father? I don't know. It's too absolutely, much. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Because the, the hell is a big disorder. It's a chaos. Nobody cleans. Nobody does anything <laughs> in hell. Everybody, you know, complains. Uh, there's no conversation. They shout to each other. So little you know, children that's hell. not cleaning bring a, the, the reflection of hell. Yeah. I once heard put like this, that heaven is a land of sacred polyphony where everyone has a different thing to do, but they all do it in harmony. So it's magnificent. Exactly. Hell is, is a jazz concert. Yeah. Where everyone's rifting in their own direction with no concern about the others, and everyone does it their own way. Exactly. The Sinatra my song. <laughs> and maybe... My way. In, each one's in their own my way. And the Ooh. shouting is so high that you couldn't understand anything. <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> Tremendous, yep. The cleanliness, it's not about luxury too, no? because we may not have a palace, but in Spanish they say, you know, the luxury of the poor people is to have be cleanliness. Clean. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't matter, you know? it doesn't have to be luxurious, ostentatious, but it needs to be clean and tidy and neat and well decorated and you know, dignified. Beautiful. Father, so I think we have a lot of homework to do at home now. Yes. <laughs> For those who are listening, now we're going to start hanging things, bringing things around, <laughs> cleaning things, going to our bedroom. I don't know if you feel challenged by this. Yes, it's good. No, we need to put together... Put, give some, some orderliness in our bedroom as well. But I think we need graces for that, no? So, Father, will you give us the blessing? Of course. We're going to bless uh, each one of you and we're going to bless, in a certain sense, your homes also. Hmm? When this blessing will be a... Uh, a presence of um, of the, the the word of God or the life of God or the the uh, the love of God in your house, in your family, and will stay forever. The Lord be with you and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. <laughs>